Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. I am charged up to tell you about today's show. We're going to be talking about why we obsess over people who don't want us. (laughs) Crazy making, right? But I'm sure we have all been there. Yes, indeed, we have. So many of us are familiar with this scenario. Miss X is cute, sweet, interesting, smart, and available. Even better, she's interested in a relationship with you. The only problem is that you just aren't into her. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So on the other hand, though, Miss Bad Girl over there is on your mind 24-7. What gives? Why do we torture ourselves this way? That's what we're going to be talking about today. Oh, boy. All right. Well, before we hop into today's topic, um, if you happen to have missed last week's show, we were talking about getting back into the dating scene. Moving back into the dating scene, of course, can be scary. You hurt. You're insecure. It's hard to let go of past wounds. I got it. But where should you start? Bump up your confidence, make an honest assessment of the failure, and use the tips that make new dating fun. So if you happen to have missed last week's show, so easy to find. All you have to do is go to my mobile app. And if you haven't already done so, just Google the same name as the show, The Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross, and you will be able to download in a few seconds uh, to your iPhone or Android phone. Okay, so in the event that you haven't uh, downloaded the app, you can also listen to our archive shows on TuneIn and SoundCloud. By the way, the free mobile app also allows you to listen live. So if you are not in the Los Angeles area, you can listen anywhere in the world at any time. So make that happen. All right, let's hop into today's show. As we all know, just like Miss X, Miss Bad Girl has a lot of good qualities, but she is either unavailable for a relationship in general or unavailable for a relationship with you because she just isn't that into you. So despite her continual rejection, you cannot seem to get her off your mind. The more she rejects you, the more forcefully she indicates that she doesn't want to be with you. Guess what? The more interested you seem to become. It's a crazy dynamic, isn't it? Well, why do we develop this bad habit of wanting what we cannot have? Why don't we always want what we can have? In other words, in other areas of life, it seems that we can adjust our preferences to fit the situation. You know, you may have once flirted with the idea of becoming an Indian indie race car driver, but when you discovered you just didn't have the stomach for it, you let go of that notion. So why can't we let go of people who continually reject us? Why isn't the dynamic the same? Well, the reason romantic rejection gets us hooked is that this sort of rejection stimulates parts of the brain associated with motivation, reward, addiction, and cravings. Boy, this is really good to know as to why we get stuck stuck in a gear, right? So using an MRI scan, researchers looked at brains of 15 college-aged men and women who had recently been rejected by their partners but claimed to be intensely in love. During the scan, the research subjects looked at a photo of the person who had rejected them. Then they completed a math exercise, such as counting backwards from 5,000. The exercise was an attempt to distract participants from their romantic thoughts. Finally, they were shown a picture of a familiar person they were not interested in 
in a romantic way at all. Well, the team found that the participants' brains were more active in areas associated with motivation, reward, craving, addiction, physical pain, and distress. When they looked at a photo of the person who had rejected them, then they were when they looked at the photo of the neutral person. The study which was published in the Journal of Neuropsychology in 2010, showed that people in this situation are really suffering from drug addiction. And the drug is the person who's rejecting us, leaving our love unreciprocated. But the results do not give us the insight into why we respond to romantic rejection in this way. And it doesn't answer the question of how we have developed this troubling tendency of wanting people that we can't have. You might think of it as a matter of heartbreak and grief, but that cannot be the full answer either, because in some cases we haven't even lost anything that we can grieve the loss of, right? So, boy, it's it's really troubling. So we can be madly in love with somebody who doesn't want us and never wanted us, but the situation can sometimes be as painful as someone who is breaking up with us. Part of the rejection pain that we feel when the love is unreciprocated may be caused by an evolutionarily grounded repulsion to social rejection combined with a social stigma associated with breakups and divorce. But that, too, doesn't explain the whole story of why we often want only those individuals we cannot have. Another aspect of this anguish may have to do with the perceived value of the other person. If the person doesn't want us or is not available for a relationship, their perceived value goes up. They become so, quote unquote, expensive that we cannot afford them. Evolutionarily speaking, it would have to be, uh, it would have been an advantage to mate with the most valuable mate because you always want to trade up, right? You always want to um, seek out someone at a higher station than you because, you know, the way that men's brains think, they're thinking in an evolutionary manner that they want their offspring to be better than they. They want them to be more fit, more healthy, um, have more resources, have more opportunities than they. So if you are starting at a mating level, already picking somebody who's at a better station than you, then there's a good chance that your offspring will also be at a better station. So evolutionarily speaking, this is what we do. We try to trade up right? So it makes sense that we become more romantically interested when a person's perceived value increases. Another answer may have to do with our relatively addictive personalities. Studies have shown that anguish and pain after romantic rejection is some sort of addiction. It's kind of an addiction. The question remains, however, what is is it we are addicted to in this scenario? In the case of a relationship has ended, we may be addicted to the time we spent with the other person, their text messages, their company, or maybe it could be the sex. But if our brains work similarly when our love is unreciprocated and there never was a relationship, what is the source of these addictive feelings? Well, presumably, we're addicted to thoughts of what could have been but never will be. Once we get stuck on those thoughts, being rejected by the other person can inten intensify them, leaving us to deal with the obsession, which is kind of an addiction or an addiction, addiction to thoughts of a certain kind. It is argued that the standard methods for dealing with 
obsessive compulsive disorder can also help you get over romantic obsession. Your attachment style can also influence how much you get stuck on people who don't want you. People with a dependent attachment style, also known as a codependent or anxious attachment style, are brought up to seek out people who will cover father who emotionally rejected them. So for these individuals, being romantically rejected is a familiar feeling. And that's why we not only go to these feelings, but we repeat these feelings. And we don't want to get out of these feelings because even though they might not serve us, because it's familiar. We didn't resolve what happened to us as a child. So we some kind of way repeat the pattern. So until we resolve those feelings with our parents that we felt rejected or abandoned or not wanted, um, we're going to, as an adult, recreate that to see if we can resolve those feelings with the, per- with the new person in question. Since we are always more likely to act in ways that are familiar to us, if we have a history of rejection, We are likely to seek situations where we should expect more rejection. Boy, as sad as that sounds, it is so very true because it's an area of hurt. It's an area of unresolved. And we'll keep going back to that wound until one day we figure it out, right? on how to heal that area. So our brains interpret these scenarios as normal, even though we know that it is not normal at all to seek out these scenarios that lead to pain and anguish. Now, finally, there is a different ending explanation. If we have a history of being rejected by a parent, for for example, We sometimes subconsciously seek out similar scenarios, hoping that the story this time will have a different ending next time. But sadly, it does not. It is worth remembering Einstein's definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and over, but expecting a different result is his definition of insanity insanity. Well, I wouldn't put it completely in the Einstein category. It is the universe trying to direct us to areas that we should address that we have sometimes either buried or overlooked. And it is an issue that we need to address and, you know, dust it off, clean it off, get it handled, get it resolved. So we are not seeking these types of individuals who reject us or don't want us and um, and more importantly that we don't spend too much time on it once you find out that she doesn't want you once you find out that she's not interest interested in a relationship with you despite what she says or what her actions are we need to focus on that answer and just walk away because to stay there really is insanity. Um, So the better we can cut the cord with people like that that don't serve us, the faster we're going to heal. And the more often we do that, it will drive us into the direction of finding somebody who is emotionally available for us. See? So... These people are in our lives for a reason. It's a big, giant (laughs) flag. It's a, you know, indie race car driving flag, a checkered flag saying, hey, buddy, you need to look at this dynamic. Are you willing to, are you willing to yet let this go? Or are you going to still be stuck in the quagmire of it all? So it's there for a reason. So when this happens, just, uh, Try not to get too disgruntled with it, but just the first step is to have awareness around it that it's happening. And once you once you are aware, then it won't catch you off guard. Make sense? All right. 
And then once it doesn't catch you off guard, then you can be proactive with it and take some steps that will lead to a better resolution. All right. So if you've just joined us, you're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Call in on this topic. We are talking about why we obsess over people who don't want us. What is this dynamic? Is it just an episode in ridiculousness? Or did the universe give us this lesson for a reason and there's something more to it? It's really not about the person who's rejecting you. There's something more deep to it as to why this scenario recurs. Now, how do you know that you've healed from it? It stops recurring. You actually get people who are emotionally available in your life. All right? So call us. 951-922-3532, 951-922-3532, and we'll catch you right back after the break. Hey guys, do you have a nagging problem that you just can't get a handle on? Now you can talk to an expert coach right in the privacy of your own home. Meet in person, over the phone, or with a free Skype call anywhere in the world. Linda is here to make it easy for you. Linda Gross has done years of academic research combined with interviewing over 20,000 men. Linda's expert advice gets you through tackling relationship issues, business goals, conflict resolution, and removing lifetime roadblocks that have kept you back, usually handled in four sessions or less. Realize the benefits now. Go to the Men's Advocate page slash coaching and you'll be on your way. That's themensadvocate.com slash coaching. You've heard her on the Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. How can you help further? From her Facebook fan page of the same name. Hit the Shop Now button and save this link to your favorites. Make all your usual Amazon purchases and some of the revenue will support her show at no additional cost to you. No book purchase required. Just start with this link every time. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross thanks you. The Men's Advocate Show with Linda Gross. We will be discussing men's issues, dating, relationships, sex, women, fitness, health, business, men's hobbies, men's rights, and more. She will be talking about excerpts from her men's book, Mastering Women, too. Google KMET Advocate and save to your favorites every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time. We proudly rejoin our programming with The Men's Advocate Show with your host, Linda Gross. On KMET, 1490 AM, Smart Talk. Welcome back, everybody. You're currently listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we are talking about why we obsess over people who don't want us. All right. So I had a scenario like this once. Just um, I was dating a number of years ago. This was uh, just right after my, my divorce with my first husband. And along came this night in charming uh, shining armor and I thought oh my gosh he checks off so many of my wish list items that I was just completely enamored with this person obsessing over this person um, it was just crazy but guess what he either wasn't into me or he uh, you know didn't want me in that way or whatever um, we maintained a quasi-relationship for years, but my obsession lasted well beyond that. I think it had to do with, um, you know, he was so exceptional in so many different categories. I just didn't want to let him go because I had no idea how was I going to replace this person with even yet a better person, right? So that was my motivation for obsessing because I thought, he was, you know, one in a million, right? Um, but what I wasn't looking at is, is I wasn't looking at the fact that, you know, he didn't want me in that way or to the same degree he didn't want me in that way. So, um, you know, I had to look when I was researching this topic today, I had to look at why I allowed this person to be in my life for as long as I did. And it had to do with 
it did have to do with my childhood. Uh, my parents loved me to pieces, so there was no problem there. But, you know, they were emotionally, you know, detached. Let's, let's put it that way. So it, it was a quiet form of rejection that they were physically there. They put a roof over my head. Uh, they gave me a good education. They put uh, food on the table. They were responsible that way. They were not into drugs or alcohol, so all good checkpoints in that area. However, they just were not emotionally available. Just like this particular guy that I'm talking about, um, he just wasn't emotionally available for me. He might have had a lot of good qualities, and on paper it looked really good, but he was not emotionally available. So... You know, I had to get to the point where I pushed this, I had to push this person away from my life because no matter how many good qualities he racked up, it just wasn't serving me. Like, why spend all this time and energy on somebody who doesn't want you back? So, uh, for those of you who have checked out my book, Mastering Women, there's actually a chapter in there on how to let go of somebody, especially if you are obsessing over them. It's called DT's Detox. DT's Detox. That's a chapter that you want to check out to how to, like, once and for all, let go of somebody. So, um, yeah, so those of you who haven't checked out my book, uh, you'll want to do so. You can find it on Amazon. It's called Mastering Women. You can get it uh, downloaded in a few seconds in the ebook format, or you can also uh, buy the paper book format and get that handled. But yes, there are reasons why someone comes into your life for good or for bad. All right, so I think we have a caller on the line from Oceanside. Welcome to the show. How are you today? I'm great. How are you? Great, thanks. I didn't catch your name. Terry. Terry? Yes. Hi, Terry. Do you have a question or comment on our topic today? I do. Uh, well, I have a, a comment and then, and then a question if it's okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm sorry I didn't catch the very beginning of the show, but... Um, I have to tell you, I have fallen prey to this very scenario so many times. You know, you meet someone and you're really into them for whatever reason. You know, you get that feeling down in the pit of your stomach, and, you know, and, and you just go, yes, I want this person. Yes. And then, you know, you do everything you think you should do to let that person know that you are really into them, you know, that you're, you're very much interested. And, you know, it always seems to backfire um, because you end up trying too hard and you scare the other person off. And one thing I think, I mean, I think uh, over the, the years, I think I've figured it out perhaps, but what do you think is the best way to avoid screwing it up like that? Well, I don't look at it as a backfire, and I don't look at it as you've tried too hard, meaning that it's not about the other person at all. It's about your life and your journey, and this person is an icon for you to heal, fix, or repair some aspect of your life. They're, they're just a figurehead. They're just an icon. It's just a mirror of what you need, a mirror that you need to look into and really had nothing to do with them. You didn't do anything wrong. No. So no, you have to look at it like they're here for a reason. They're showing up in your life in this way for a reason. And it's typically for your growth and really has nothing to do with them. It could have been a dog or a cat showing up doing the same thing. It's just an icon. It's a representation of what you need to be looking at at that moment in time in your life. That's a, that's a very interesting perspective. Um, I dated someone years ago, briefly, that I was very much into. And I, and I, by the way, actually, I did ruin it. I went way too far, way too fast, that sort of thing. And in my mind... Um, and 
you know, I'm not going to use any, any um, last names, so, but I thought that Claire would somehow complete my life if she and I could be together. And, yeah, you know, the truth is, she, she, probably, she was probably never going to complete my life. She would just have been a great part of my life, but you, I guess the way I look at it, sometimes you, you overshoot, you know, you, you, instead of seeing that maybe, maybe that it is about you, about you becoming more of what you should be, you think someone else is going to do it for you. Does that make sense? Yes, it does. Yes, and you so know, we place all, all our eggs in one basket because we're so enamored with this person that, you know, they're just so fabulous. How can we not have this person in our life? But maybe that person, maybe their mission was not to be in our life. Maybe their mission was a different mission altogether. Like I say, the mission typically is for your self-growth, not for a union between the two of you. And once we get to that point of enlightenment and understanding that the mission or the purpose for this woman to be in your life at that moment was something completely different than what you expected. Well, I can tell you, I learned a lot from that, from that, from my situation, and I'm sure that people have had similar situations. I don't think I'm special in any way, and I don't think anyone else is that special, really. I think we've all probably gone through it. At, you know, at some point. Um, yeah. I don't know if I would go so far. I know I, I would say people do obsess about these things. But I don't think a lot of people actually take the time to try to figure out why they did it. You know, right. like what are the well, underlying reasons? the cool thing about having a person like that in your life is the takeaway. Because rather than beating yourself up for and saying, you know, I did this wrong and that wrong and I pushed her away or, you know, I, I it was overkill or whatever, the takeaway could be that, wow, I can attract a person like this in any way, shape or form. Now, maybe you weren't meant to be, be maybe you didn't have a relationship, but the cool thing is, is, wow, I can attract a person like this. So the takeaway is, these are the qualities that I should look for in my next relationship because they made me so happy. I mean, just that, that gem alone is like worth its weight in gold. Just to know like what elements in a person really turn us on. Like maybe I can find this again with somebody else. I, I guess, you know, and I, and I, and I'm personally still looking for that and a, and um, not being 21 anymore, I don't make those mistakes anymore. But, and I, I want to tell you, I've, I've listened to your show a lot of times, and I think you're doing great work. Um, Thank you. Do you think that? Do you think that the majority of, of, of people out there are trying to be as self-reflective and honestly? Or they're willing to take an honest look at themselves to see why this happens and, and really try to see how to fix it? Oh, or... absolutely not. Heck to the no. <laughs> absolutely not. I mean, you I know, it's those who no are awake that. That, will, that will take these life's moments to try to better themselves, to try to move past the hurt and the anguish. And, you know, the whole purpose of life, as I see it, is to seek happiness. Seek absolutely. it and find it. And be happy. And those things that cause us hurt and anger and whatever is to, like, let that go on the periphery. Let that go on the edge. Let let that not be our day-to-day -day interaction. So, you know, if somebody can make you that happy, shoot, now you have a wish list of what, to, you have a roadmap of what to look for. That's, that's a real big uh, treat because a lot of people don't even know what makes them happy. Oh, I, so you've I still, had you've had a slice I'm, of that. I'm 42 and I'm still trying to figure all of that out, and I'm trying to be honest about what I really want and and um, what I actually what I really have to offer and what I'd really like to have, not what people tell me I should have. 
or what I should want. Um, I have to tell you, I grew up in the Midwest, and I've lived out here in California for some time now, and I have never once had someone say, well, maybe the problem is you. Maybe you need to figure yourself out before you try to make someone else happy. I have never heard anyone, like, personally tell me that. Um, yeah, the whole name of the game is to make yourself happy. I think so. Because who doesn't want to be around a happy person? It's like when we have that inner quiet, that inner happiness, we will naturally attract other people who want some of that. Absolutely. I mean, I... Right? I, and then a, conversely, a, if we've got pain and anguish, it's it's almost a repellent to the other person. You know, they may they may come forward, but they're going to come forward with caution. No, and I'd like to use an example if you'll give me a little bit of leeway. Sure. Um, I'm a chef, and I'm very, very driven to succeed. When I'm, when I'm in the kitchen, I don't care about anything else but succeeding in the kitchen. And I only want people around me who are driven to succeed. And in my personal life, when it comes to dating... I am also driven to succeed, but I'm a lot more relaxed than I used to be in that I realize that not everyone is going to reach every one of your expectations when you want them to. And I can, I can tell anyone listening, you're not going to reach their expectations when they want you to either. Right. Um, and that I think maybe it's about having realistic standards and then applying them to yourself first. And then trying to find someone who can come in your life and, how would you say, compliment your life so you can compliment their lives. Mm-hmm. But I don't think people think of it. And, and, you know, I know I'm sure you have other callers or something. And, you know, thank you for, for giving, me a, uh, giving me a couple minutes. But, you know, I hope people are listening. I think people are going to be a lot happier if they just realize that the person you're obsessing over probably isn't the person you think they are. Like you're probably you're probably putting an unfair pressure on them to be someone you think they are rather than the person they really are. Yeah, there's a lot of that that goes on too. We the human mind sort of fills in the blanks. In other words, if you take Uh, a written page or written piece of paper and if there are a bunch of typos in this particular paragraph the human mind is so good that it's able to resolve the mistakes maybe uh, it's printed with a D and it's supposed to be a P or whatever we resolve that well we do that with human relationships too Meaning that sometimes we idolize the person to be better than who who they really are, because we want that standard. Thing. We want that elevated standard. Like like I was saying in the survey about you know is we're genetically predisposed to pick people who are better than we are. So oh, maybe the, they um, have X amount of qualities, but we're gonna say when we evaluate it, they have X plus qualities we're going to make them out to be better than who they really are. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I think um, if the relationship isn't going anywhere and if the relationship isn't reciprocal, that's where the decision-making comes into play. See, a lot of people stay in that relationship and stay in that craziness when it's not going anywhere. Um, we, and, and by doing so, we lower our standards because it's really being unkind and unfair to us. Why are we chasing after something that's just not meant to be? You know what? I don't have the answer to that. Only, only uh, perhaps to say that I think that sometimes people have a tendency to try to force things to be the way they want them to be rather than let them unfold naturally and accept the negatives 
but embrace the positives. You know, I mean, you, I think you can you can you can do very well if you, if you if you understand that. Hey, you know what? Maybe this person isn't the, exactly as great as I thought they were, but they're still pretty great. And sometimes I hate to use the phrase, but that's good enough. Yeah. Well, I I learned in my dating life that a lot of no's leads to a better yes. Meaning that let's say you're a chef and let's say you want to prepare a dish. But you know what? Those vegetables, they're three days old now. And yeah, could you make it, make the meal tonight with those vegetables? Sure you could. It still would be acceptable. But you really would rather have vegetables that are same day because it's just fresher and you're going to be happier as a chef and the diners are going to be happier because what you've presented to them is your best effort, right? So, you know, at some point we have to let go of those rotten vegetables. You know, I don't know if that that happens on day four or day five, but hey, they're just not cutting it. They're not to my standard. And I think in the dating world, if we can apply the same technique, if the person isn't right if we don't feel in our gut that this is going anywhere or it's beneficial to us um, then we have to let them go because the more we say no to the ones that aren't right the four day five day old vegetables the more we say no it gives the universe the opportunity to bring somebody into your life who is right and you know it gives yeah, so it gives you the opportunity, like, shoot, I got to go to the market tomorrow morning because those vegetables are too old. I need a new set. We do that with the vegetables. Why don't we do that with with personal relationships as well? We should. But human nature is we get kind of lazy with the relationships, and we stay on for far too long when we should let go. You know, I also think, because I, I think you're right on on this, and that that people find something they, they think is great. And, you know, the other person might be great, but they think that I got to get this person. I have to grab this person and hold on to them and hold on tightly because I'm, I'm, I'll, I'll never get another chance to be with, I'll never get another chance to be with someone, to be with someone that's great. And when it doesn't work out and they've wasted so much time, trying to be with someone that they were never going to be with or never wanted to be with them. They've missed 10 opportunities to meet and possibly find someone who is just as good, but they were blinded by what they want right now. And True. There's, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there's all kinds of literature out there on that. I mean, I just went through trial and error personally, figuring out that, if you meet someone and you like them, but they don't really like you, you are so much better off saying, hey, you know what, no harm, no foul, too bad, I'm sorry, you know, it didn't work out. Hey, you know, I got to go find someone who actually wants, I have to go find someone who actually wants to be with me. I don't know. I, I think people don't yeah. want to do that. I think they're scared. I think they don't do that. They come from a, what I call a scarcity mentality that I have to hold on to this for dear life because I'm not going to get another one. But that's not the way to be because my feeling is you won't get that better person until you let go of this one. That's number one. And number two, the reason why you will get that better person is because this person who didn't work out didn't work out. Um, if that makes sense. In other words, you needed the current experience to walk away from to say, oh, well, this was what it was about. Oh, look at all these 10 qualities that I really loved about this person. Now Mm -hmm. I know what I'm looking for. Now I have the treasure map, and I'd like to replicate these same, same 10 qualities in the next person. So you wouldn't have gotten to the better person had you not used this person as a stepping stone. That's, I, you know, I mean, where were you in 1994? <laughs> like, I could have used that advice then. <laughs> uh, nobody was, no, you know, nobody was coming to me and saying anything like you're saying now. Actually, what they were saying to me, 
I mean, I, I, I never really had a problem getting girlfriends, but when things would go wrong and I would get into a funk like anyone else would, like, you know, why doesn't she like me? And, you know, geez, how could she not like me? I mean, you know, I'm really into her. You know, isn't that enough? Um, I would get, I don't know whether you call it the best or worst advice on the planet, but they, I would say, what is wrong? Why is this going wrong? Why can't, why doesn't she want me? Or why can't I find someone I like? And they would say, just be yourself. Well, that's terrible advice, and the best okay. advice in the same in the same sentence. Mm-hmm. If but you're you already to, are being yourself, so there's no reason to beat yourself up for that. No, no, and you know, and I don't do that now. But sometimes you, sometimes you, try to be the person you think the other person wants you to be, which is a terrible thing to do because you're lying. True. Um. And then if you, maybe if you had to spend yourself, the other person would have really liked you. Then again, if you really were yourself, maybe you wouldn't have been a person that she wanted to be with or he wanted to be with. And either way, the outcome would have been the same. Right. Uh, and just moving on would be so much better for you in the long run. I say this, I know it now. I said, I wish you were around in 1994 when I was 18. Um, because nobody was saying anything like that. No one was coming out and talking about this stuff the way I think people are now. And I don't know if anyone's really, besides besides you and perhaps a few other people on YouTube or another radio show, maybe. I haven't heard a radio show like yours, to be honest. You have a great show. Uh, Thank you, Terry. I don't Thank hear you. a lot of people out there telling people the truth about how they should be honest with themselves. Because being honest with yourself hurts. If you're not what you think you should be, being honest with yourself is devastating. Unless you're willing to fix it. Well, I think there's only two on-off switches. Does this person or does this situation make us happy? Or it doesn't make us happy? And I think regardless of your gender, we all can answer that question. The problem happens when we acknowledge that I'm not happy, but we stay stuck in the, in the quicksand. Why? Because it's comfortable. It's maybe a repeated pattern. It's maybe habit. It's maybe, well, that's how we grew up with our parents or, you know, any host of reasons why we stay stuck. But when we're making a decision, whether it's with a person or maybe it's with, you know, should I move to a new job or should I move to a new city or should I buy this car or whatever it is, really, I think we need to stop for a half a second just to ask ourselves one question does this make us happy and if it does keep doing what you're doing and if it doesn't that's where we need to make a left turn and get out and find a better way is that easy to do no it's not easy do do we need to remind ourselves every time we're in a situation like that of course we do but i think you know, like I say, the more you say no to something, the more the universe will give you better yeses. That, that is true. I, 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 you know, I hate to, you know, this isn't the, um, you know, love Linda Gross hour. But I tell you, <laughs> you're, giving great, you're giving great advice on this, in my opinion. And um, it's always easier well, when you hear someone say it. Everyone, everyone's probably thinking it, you know, that, that I shouldn't be here or I should be here, whatever, whatever you know, the out, whatever. Uh, but when, when, when someone says, you know, I shouldn't be in this, in this relationship, I shouldn't be pursuing this person, you know, this person doesn't really want to be with me, they're using me or whatever, you know, or they don't really like me as much as I, I like them or whatever. Someone says it and they say, oh, yeah, yeah, sure, sure, yeah, huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. And then they don't seem to change themselves or the situation until they come to a devastating, or really, not to be too crazy here, 
you know, a cataclysmic event that forces them to change, forces them to make a decision. And then they spend three times as much time recovering as they would have if they had just said, hey, you know what? Claire really wasn't the person for me. I screwed it up, but she's not the person I thought she was really. And why didn't I just recognize that, say, hey, I'm sorry it didn't work out, and move on? And then they, they, they beat themselves up for a long time about that. And hopefully they come out on the back end stronger. I don't know if people do or not, but I hope they do. It wasn't so much that she wasn't the right person for you. The way I see it is that she was in your life for a reason different than your assessment. No, she was. That's true. I, 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 I thought she was going to be... I kind of, you know, I hate to use a movie analogy, but I thought she was like a Jerry Maguire scene where, I, you know, where she yeah. completed me. <laughs> uh huh. And she was actually great. I'm not. I don't have a bad thing to say about it. But it's me that wasn't complete. Not her. Mm-hmm. And in truth, she was right to leave me. Um, because what she wanted out of life. With all the things that I was not, all the things that I was not, but I was pretending to be. But that's not really so important. Um, you learn that over time about yourself, if you're paying attention. But I can tell you, so I've listened to your show, I think, what, for probably almost three years now. Um, I hope, you, I hope you have, a lot of people are listening to what you're talking about. And I hope they're sitting there, instead of just saying, yeah, 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 she's great, man, she's right, yeah, yeah. I hope they're sitting there, you know, looking in the mirror and going, man, you know, how can I be better? You know, how, how can I be better so my life's better? Which, like you said earlier, will attract better people, the type of people you want in your life. Thank you very much for that compliment. That's very sweet of you. And sometimes I do scratch my head thinking, you know, are there enough listeners out there? Because I don't know. And I'm so proud and delighted that you called today because I don't often get callers. I always welcome them, but it's so nice to hear what's going on in your world and what you think of the show. So I very much appreciate that. Sure. Sure. And I hope you keep doing a, doing, a, doing good shows. And um well, it looks like we've talked for a while now. I didn't realize we've been on so long. Yeah, that's all right. Good conversations go that way. It does. It does. I have a chapter in my book, and I and I say relationships should go easily. That's another one of those light switches that it's either off or on. Like when the when it goes easily, you know it. You, it's effortless. You don't have to give too much thought to it, and. The situation is almost timeless. You know, five minutes seems like five hours, or five hours seems like five minutes. It's you just know that that's a good situation to be in, whether it be a romantic uh, relationship or a work situation, or you know, like I said, buying a car or a house or whatever big decisions you that come forward in your life. If it's if it goes easily, it's meant to be. If we're trying to always force this round peg into the square hole and it's just not going, just not going, that should be, again, a warning flag to us that it's just not meant to be. Like, why are we making ourselves crazy over this? The peg doesn't fit. And that is the God's honest truth and there's no hammer big enough to make it fit. (laughs) I mean, I guess we can break the whole thing or chop up the peg and make it smaller or whatever to make it fit. But I mean, come on, that's a lot of effort to what end? I mean, that's not going to work either. And then nobody wins. Yeah. Because the, the, the person that you're with, you actually probably harm them in the long run. You force them to be who they don't want to be, who they're not. Yeah. And then you're not happy. No one's happy. Maybe people should just say, hey, I like you. You like me. Let's see how it goes. Okay, this is working out great. Let's move forward. 
hate or maybe this isn't really working out. No harm, no foul. I'm glad I got to know you. Right. And, but I have to go on and find the person, find someone, find the person that actually makes me happy that I make happy. There you go. That's a good takeaway for today's show. Well, I wish I, I could say that uh, it was really, uh, you know, really brilliant. It's just things flow when you're, when, you, when you're talking to someone who makes sense. Thank you, Terry. I have All to right. come visit you. I love Oceanside. Yeah, have, no, I know. I have to come check out your restaurant down there. I think you'll really love it. I think you'd have a great time. All right. I'll put it on my list for next time I'm in SD. All right. All right, then. You make it a great day, and thank you again for calling. I thank appreciate you. it. All right. That was Terry from Oceanside. You, too, can call on this show or the next show. Don't wait. I'm sure you have things that are cooking up in your brain that you really don't know the answers to or things that are causing you hurt or anguish that you want to move past. Call the show, and we'll work it out. All right? So if you've just joined us, you're listening to the Men's Advocate Show with me, your host, Linda Gross. Today we were talking about why we obsess over people who don't want us. Right? So there's a lot of lessons to be learned with with that regard. I stayed in that relationship that I was talking about earlier because I learned so much from it. So that's why I stayed a little bit longer than normal. But anyway, that's for another day. So join us each and every Wednesday, 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Men's Advocate Show. And we will see you here each and every week. Bye for now. See you next time.